Cheering at pro wrestling shows in Japan is back, and 2023 is already shaping up to be a big year in the history of pro res. That's why you should listen to the Emerald Flow Show. From the Royal Road to the Green Mat, Paul and Gerard take you into the world of All Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling NOAA. Not only do we analyze events, but we examine business, who is getting over, what angles are working, or not. Occasionally, we take a look at other Japanese promotions like DDT and Zero One. So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. My name is Taylor, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Kelly. Kelly, happy February. Happy February. Um, I should have I should have talked to you about this in uh, like a pre-show meeting. I, sorry, I forgot about this, but I'm using a stage name now. Oh, what's so, your name? So uh, from now on... I will go by Dan Tokyo Joshi Pro. Dan Tokyo Joshi Pro? Yeah. What's the what's the reason behind the new name? I think it's just a cool name and I think it might get me some bookings. Uh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I know where this is going. Maybe many people are very confused, uh, but not me. Um <laughs> That's a joke just for us. Well, welcome to the show, Dan Tokyo Joshi Pro. Oh, th- see, it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it's very easy to say. Now, is that all... Milwaukee Strong Style. Is that all hyphenated, uh, Tokyo Joshi uh, Pro? No, it's all just like Dan space Tokyo Joshi Pro, one word. I see. No okay. hyphens. No hyphens. Just just roll it right through. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, welcome. I was going to call myself Dan TJP, but I thought that might get confusing. Or TJPW. Yeah. Yeah, because I could do the W. That wouldn't wouldn't get me canceled for bad Kobe Bryant takes. What? <laughs> what are you talking about, Kobe Bryant? <laughs> Isn't uh, that uh, TJP's guy? Isn't he always going on about Kobe Bryant? Oh, TJP. Internet? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, TJ Perkins. Yeah, I thought you meant something in the letter W had to do with Kobe no. Bryant, <laughs> and I was very confused. <laughs> wow, very much on the back foot here to start the show uh, with the introduction of brand new Dan Tokyo Joshi Pro. Uh, but the first thing we're going to talk about is not Tokyo Joshi Pro. We're going to talk some Stardom Supreme Fight. We are going to talk a little bit of Tokyo. Oh, Rob Joshi. Stardom. No, just the company stardom. Uh, I'll I'll leave oh, okay. you to Sorry, talk about. Got... 
the man. I got mixed uh, up. The man, the myth, and the legend. Uh, but before we do that, we got to do the plugs as always. If you're not following us on Twitter, follow us at Audio. You can follow Kelly at Comic Geek Kelly. And you can follow me. I should change that. You change your Twitter handle? No, I should. I should. Because I'm Dan now. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe I'll do Tokyo Joshi Dan. Well, for the moment, <laughs> uh, follow Kelly at Comic Geek Kelly. That may change. So if you look in the middle of the week and you can't find it, maybe look up uh, Tokyo Joshi Dan. Probably Tokyo Joshi Pro Dan. Because, you know, why would I just use, like, part of my name sure now it's i would like argue when they read my name off at the doctor office and they're like tokyo joshi pro dan i would argue your current twitter handle is only using part of your name because the word geek is in it and yet there's that's only one k that's true um use the k twice so you're really only using the ellie of, oh, of shit. kelly I got to throw another K in there and then change it to Tokyo Joshi Pro Dan. And you can follow me. I won't be changing my Twitter handle anytime soon. You can follow me at Tamebo. Subscribe to this show on your podcast app of choice. And if that app of choice happens to be Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate a five-star rating and review. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio so let's get right into it with we are going to dive deep into stardom supreme fight from february 4th of this very year at the Edeon arena osaka in front of 1832 fans dan tokyo joshi pro i know it's not in your name but what did you think of this stardom show uh, I thought this show sucked ass. <laughs> I was not a fan of this show. Uh, coming into this show, there was only one match I wanted to see, and coming out of it, I wish I had only seen that match. Uh, wow, this is going to be a very interesting review because I thought the show was great. Really? Yeah, really liked it. Uh, wow. You know, there were some things I did not like about the show, which we will um, get into, but I thought it was you know, a very looking, good show. Looking at my ratings... I think it was unfair to say it sucked ass. I think I was soured on it by the first quarter of the show. Okay, well, we'll get into that because I, that is something we, we will agree on. Um, so let's get, speaking of that, let's get into it. The first match, the Nanua Roulette match where Saki Kashima defeated Billy Ken Death. In the finals, the finals, is that what it is? The final match, I should say. Yeah. To win this roulette match gauntlet, and she will receive a title match of her choosing, which she has chosen the high-speed title, running very quickly through the results. Mayu Iwatani and Waka Tsukiyama starting, Mayu beating Waka, Mayu then beating Momokogo and Miyu Amasaki before going to a time limit draw with Tom Nakano. They were both eliminated. Mina Shirakawa and Natsupoi went to a time limit draw. Mariah May beat May Sakurai, and then went to a draw with Tekla. Then Momoko Hanazono went to a draw with Natsuko Tora. 
which led to the appearance of Billy Kendeth, who beat Yuna Mizumori before losing in the final match to Saki Kashima. Uh, Kelly, I'll let you go first. I have a feeling we might have very similar thoughts on this one. Yeah, uh, this is everything I hate about stardom. It was just a bloated opener that really felt it was just there to waste time. And then you just fill it with four draws. Four. Four of them. Two of them back-to-back, right? Like, draw-draw thing, regular part happens, and then two more draws. Like, what the fuck are they doing? This was just an hour of pointlessness. As soon as Tom and Mayu went out, that's when it all went to shit. Because I thought the Mayu segment in the beginning was very good. I thought Waka looked great. I thought she and Mayu had a really good uh, little match there. I thought the Mayu-Tom stuff was good. I think it's funny that Tom and Natsupoi both almost macho-manned themselves. That was good. Uh, But other than that, it was just a massive waste of time. All just to get Saki a high-speed title shot? What? You can just go out there and ask for a high-speed title shot. The police are coming. Can you hear that? Oh, I thought that was on my end. Uh, No, that's on my end. Oh, are they like right outside my house? Hold on. uh Uh-oh. You can't change your name. Arrest me for my my stardom takes. You can't change your name to Dan Tokyo Joshi Pro. The police will not allow it. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, it was... Like, I don't... Why? This whole... Saki Kashima could have just gone and been like, hey, can I have a high-speed title match? And they would have said, yep, you can do that. You don't need to waste an hour of my life to do that. You don't need to have Billy Ken Death come out. You know, out of anyone in this match that should be pissed off, it should be my Sakurai and Yuna Mizumori because they actually lost. Like, the ones that lost to Mayu, fine, whatever. You lo- you lost to Mayu. That's acceptable. The other ones should have just been like, no, I want to draw. If all these other people get to draw, I don't want to lose. Like, what? What the fuck? This match was so bad. Like, I... And it started off great. The Mayu segment was awesome. I was really excited for it. And then it just draw, draw. Ugh. And yeah, I looking back, it really did just sour my opinion of the whole show. I think if I hadn't watched this, I probably would have enjoyed this show a lot more. But really, it was just stewing in me all this time where I'm just like, there went a fucking hour of my life. I could have been doing anything else. And if you're Saki Kashima, why aren't you just like, yeah, I want to challenge for the red belt. Like, why not? Take the shot. You're the, the, the roll up queen. Just fucking go for it. Fucking high-speed title. If it was going to be that, just make it a specific high-speed gauntlet. Do, like, most of the same people, and then have them do, like, two-count rules, and when the time limit comes up, then it's one-count rules. That would have been so much better. And would have made sense by the end. But then you had Saki Kashima look like a fucking dork, where she's just like, I'm going to go after the lowest-tier title that I can. hate this match i hate it so much uh one of my main notes was it felt like it lasted 800 years uh it was so long. It felt so long um 
And I was also at a major disadvantage because I had watched the Tokyo Joshi pay-per-view nearly directly before this show. Um, Cause I hadn't had a chance to watch it. I'll like, I'll watch them back to back. So for me, it was like three hours of little like three minute matches that didn't really mean anything. And I was like, I can't be watching any more of this. No. Um, Billy can, uh, death. Billy can is the, um, uh, gosh, I don't know what word to use here is the spirit that was on the wheel. Um, okay. I was sort of thrown off that the wheel was electronic. Because uh, I was like, oh, this is all clearly a work. It's not happening at random in any way. Yeah. Although I did like the one where they spun it and it was like, it's stopping at someone. And then the wheel was just like, nope, we're going over here. Uh, <laughs> someone else. Billy Kim Death's music is the ring comp. Um, yeah. What? <laughs> at first I thought she was doing a Walter bit. Like she was like in a bodysuit that was supposed to make her look like Walter. I was just of the mind where I was like, is ring, is there a, is there a woman in ring comp? <laughs> Did they ever have a woman in that stable? <laughs> Like, I thought there was a small possibility that Tim Thatcher was going to walk out. <laughs> what a week that would have been. What a week that would have been for Thatcher to go yeah. from wrestling Brian Danielson on AEW TV to wrestling Saki Kashima. Uh, and then imagine Tim Thatcher challenging for the high speed title. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to look up Ring Comp to see if they ever had uh, stables. Um. Because it would have been just been it doesn't look Walter like it. Thatcher and Axel Dieter Jr., right? No, so Ring Comp was Thatcher, Walter, Axel Dieter Jr., Christian Michael Jacoby, who's the WXW guy. I don't know. Okay, yeah, He yeah, was yeah. the booker for a while. Um, and someone named Vate Muller. Who I've I think I remember him. Never even heard of. If it's who I was thinking of, I think they're actually pretty good. I don't know. I haven't seen them in like a couple years now. They look like mainly WXW, and they didn't wrestle at all in 2021. How many bookings did they have in 2020? Oh, and they had four bookings in 2020. Well, that's weird because there was a time, well, there was a time when I was watching WXW, and I don't remember them. Anyway, um... That's a different show. Uh, it wasn't anyone from RingConf. It was Billy Kendeth as the ex of the uh, tournament. Uh, tournament. Might as well be. Um, <laughs> I was really expecting Super Strong Machine or Super Tall Machine or whatever the new one is. It is funny that they had all those X's for like months and months that were like, Himika, now it's Micah, now it's, you know, all these big debuts, and now every X is, like, super strong stardom machine, Billy Kendet, you know, like, the new death is here, and it's like, oh, cool, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I do agree with you, I thought this was a terrible start to the show, it was so long. Just awful, I think this was my first zero-star rating of the year. Wow. Um... I mean, nowhere as bad as the um, 
uh, Mountain Dew pitch black match. So I did not see that. I went outside to go shovel snow when that match happened. Oh boy. Um, well, that one was a lot shorter than this one. So I guess it's got that going for it. Yeah, because you, you have to keep in mind, this was an hour. I think it was it was like an hour and three minutes or something. It was yeah. very uh, but anyway, that was the first match in between the first match and the second match. Two big announcements on the show. Uh, the first is the return of the Cinderella tournament. I think no surprise that it's coming back, but it will have the biggest field ever with 36 entrants. That's too many. The entrants are as follows. Utami, Azumi, Hazuki, Koguma, uh, Momokogo, Tom Nakano, Natsupoi, Tekla, Mai Sakurai, Maika, Himika, Lady C, Hina, Miyu Amasaki, Natsukatora, Momo Watanabe, Mina Shirakawa, Mariah May, Amisore, uh, Tomoka Naba, Ruaka, Rina, Shiri, Starlight Kid, Haruka Umasaki, Saki Kashima, Mayu Iwatani, Saya Ida, Hanan, Anai Takahashi, uh, Yuna Mizumori, Julia, Saya Kamatani, Mirai, and two X's, or two entrants to be named later. Uh, who knows? Maybe it will be the return of Billy Ken Death. Um, so when that was happening, I stopped paying attention. I was like writing my notes, and then so I, I wasn't really paying attention. I thought they were just listing off their roster <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> this makes so much more sense now. It is. Every person on... No. Yes, it is. It's most everyone. Did I say Ruaka? <laughs> yeah, I did say Ruaka. Um, yeah, I think it is everyone. Yeah, I really thought it was just them like, oh, here's everyone that works for us. And I was like, Welcome okay, that's kind of... That's fun. Here's a list of people who work here. It's like, oh, they're doing that thing like they do when they open Gleet shows with those uh, the intro oh, video. Yeah. Which I gotta say, I do love that. Are you talking about when they all walk out? No, no, no. When they do the opening video and the music plays oh, yeah. and it shows clips of everyone on the roster. Like, I I like that. <laughs> that's a cool... If that's your first Gleet show, like, that's perfect. No, instead it was and the If it isn't your first Gleet show, you just skip it. Was the announcement of the Cinderella tournament. However, another announcement, an even bigger announcement... <laughs> The announcement of the release of the first single from Kelly's favorite group, Meltier, coming out on April 19th. And I guarantee you, I will do anything I have to do to get my hands on that. And we will review it on this show. <laughs> I will oh boy. use every source I have to get that. And we will, for a brief moment, Take over Andrew Rich's. music of the yeah. map. <laughs> Encroach on Andrew Rich's territory and do a music review on this. How do we? Show. Can we invade? Like, <laughs> he, or can we like drag him into doing our show for like a couple minutes? For like a total of five minutes. Yeah. Hi. Do you want to be on our podcast? But we only want you on this five minutes when we talk about music. <laughs> um. Anyway. That was the two announcements. Those weren't matches, but this is a match, a triangle derby match where the stars team of Hazuki, Koguma, and Saeeda defeating Haruka Umasaki, Ruaka, and Starlight Kid in nine minutes and three seconds. Kelly, what did you think about this one? 
it was a professional wrestling match that I watched, and I would give it three stars. Uh, I ended up really liking it. I went three and a half stars. Um, I thought the Koguma Starlight Kid stuff at the end was really great. I thought Umasaki looked really good, and Saida looked good. I mean, I thought everyone did very well, but I thought that they were the standouts. And I was sort of surprised, you know, it was the first sort of match match on the card, which is sometimes like, ah, oh, just get out there and show our faces. And I thought they worked <laughs> hard. So I liked it. I think they had to they had they knew they had to get out there after the, the hour thing. Get out there and show some wake the people yeah. up. Uh, this was, I should say, uh, we'll talk about this in a second, but the, it was, the full crowd was allowed to cheer. There was they sure cheering were. on the show. And let me tell you, um, we'll talk about this, but I think a big reason why I really liked the show is because there was cheering. As I said, I've said it yeah. many times on this show. The minute we have cheering, all my ratings are going way up and it happened on this show. <laughs> The next match was a six-person tag team match. The unit of Amisore, Suri, and Konami defeating Azumi, Lady C, and Utami in 11 minutes and 25 seconds. My notes were, I really like this one too. I went three and a half stars. Is it the crowd? And <laughs> my only other note was that Lady C, when she goes for a pin, her body really just goes everywhere. Uh, it's like she like splay she like splays out when she needs to go for a pin it's like and i'm like oh i don't know if that's always happened and i've just never really cared to notice it or if it's a new thing Um, she's too big and her body animation doesn't match the rest of the other wrestlers (laughs) and happy to see konami uh and winning with the of course 100 winning percentage triangle answer yeah, I like this match. I thought it was good. My only real complaint is I wish they would do something more substantial with Konami when they have her. Like, it's fun to see her around, but, like, I don't know. She could have been X. I probably would have turned around a whole lot on that match if Konami had been X and then went for a title shot at the next big show she can work. Like, why not do that instead of just having her and six-person tags over and over and over. Like, do we know what Konami's deal is? Like, why she's working the schedule she works now? Um, I don't know if we do know that. Like, I don't know when the next time, unless they've announced it and I didn't see it at all. Like, when will she be back next? I have no idea. Yeah, like, I, she just kind of pops in whenever. Is it? I've ne- I haven't noticed. Is it whenever they're in Osaka? When was the last time she was there? It was a number of months ago, wasn't it? Um, I think so, yeah. I would have to. Well, I guess... Oh, wait, hang on. can click the link to go to Cage Match, and this will tell us matches. This is good. This is good uh, audio content. Okay, so, no, the last time she was around was November, and that was in Hiroshima. Then it was Osaka. Then it was Fukuoka. Does she just, like, not want to go to Tokyo? She's anti. <laughs> okay, last time she was in Tokyo was the match against Julia on uh, 
12, 29, 21. I bet someone will, t- someone will give us the exact answer once they <laughs> hear this. Yeah, if you know what's up with uh, Konami, let us know. Because, yeah, it's just been, let's see, trios match, trios match, trios match, elimination trios match, trios match, trios match. <laughs> uh trios match and then the julia match just going backwards so yeah i i don't know I, I i wish they would do something more substantial with her but maybe she doesn't want that or something or maybe she's got some kind of lingering injury that doesn't allow her to work a full singles match by herself i don't i don't know but if you know let us know um but and overall if... i like that match i went three and a quarter yeah i went three and a half you know it may just be that you know, all the stuff with Riho many years ago where it was like, oh, we don't really have control over this person. So maybe it's just balking at being like, I don't want to do anything with this person that might then, you know. It could be. But it's not of... like she signed anywhere. But it could be a thing where she may just be like, okay, now I'm really done and I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. You could just be like, ah, oh, she won the roulette and she wants a title shot and just never give the title shot. Um, I guess that's not the end of the world, but I'm not complaining. I like seeing her and yeah, you know, I hope there's more, but at this point it's just like, oh, when she pops up, I'm like, oh, that's fun. Yeah. The next match was a singles match. The first singles match of the night. Chihiro Hashimoto visiting from Sendai Girls, defeating Mirai in 15 minutes and 18 seconds. Kelly, I'm fascinated to hear what you thought of this match. I like this. I thought it was a good beef fight, but I do think it took a little long for him to get out of the starting gate. Like, I don't know, I'd say the first third kind of dragged for me. But then after that, it picked up and was really good. Uh, So I went three and a half on it. Uh, I thought this rocked mostly because I thought Hashimoto looked really good. Um, yeah, she did. I went four and a quarter stars. I thought it was really good. It felt a lot to me, the beginning felt a lot like the Miyu, uh, Miyu Yamashita, Miyu Watanabe match from the um, Princess Cup, where it was like, ah, someone who's really a big star and like heavy hitter and someone who's, Sort of like, oh, I just have to hang on here and try and win. Um, The only issue I had is then it sort of hit a point where it was like, well, Hashimoto's getting a majority of the offense, and now all of a sudden we need to just be in the next part of the match, which is we're more even because that's sort of what the match um, calls for, which I thought was sort of less interesting to me. But I just thought Hashimoto looked so good. One of the... I think unsung, not among Joshi fans, but sort of an unsung Joshi star where, you know, if it takes another, you know, I would say Joshi is on the upswing. I think everyone would agree with that due to uh, some of the stuff in AEW, but largely due to stardom getting bigger. People are at least more aware of it a little And it feels like maybe in five years, it's back to being at a very strong level. And people would look back and be like, wow, Chihiro Hashimoto was good for many, many years, having many good matches. And very few people were watching them. Um, 
sort of sadly, which is the same thing I feel with, you know, a lot of people, Arisa Nakajima is a big one where it's like, oh, she's really good and she could retire at any point and then it's over and sort of only a very select handful of people will have ever witnessed it. It's one of those things where I was thinking, oh, like imagine Hashimoto now going to AEW and like fighting uh, Jamie Hayter like Emi Sakura just did. And Emi Sakura was as hell. in the company, you know, and I was sitting there going, why is she never being used? She's much better than rolling out the bunny every two weeks. And then she has this match and everyone was like, whoa, it's really good. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> like it's what we've been <laughs> screaming about on this show for months. <laughs> but I was happy to see her get the opportunity here. I just thought she looked great, really fierce. I love the suplexes at the end. Um, just destroying Mirai, I thought was great. I was happy at the beginning. I was thinking, oh, the crowds are back, so we can now discontinue the Jeb Bush-style please-clap routine of Mirai, um, nope. a thing I hate. And not just Mirai. I don't like the Kento Miyahara one. I don't like any of these, like, clap in rhythm. That means you're a fan. Dot, dot, dot. Yep. I'm like, that's boring. Let's stop that. And then, of course, in the middle of the match, people started doing it, and I was very annoyed. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I ended up really liking it. I went four and a quarter. Uh, great match. Who's the most Jeb Bush? Uh, Mirai, Kento, or Sonata? Well, it's not Kento. I don't think it's Kento. Because like, he Sonata. feels like a star where it's like, why are you doing this? People like you are like, you don't have to do this. <laughs> People yeah. People like you. It's probably Sonata. Yeah, Sonata's very Jeb Bushy. Just being like, please make some noise. Um, please clap. <laughs> my my gimmick is that I, I need to hear people clap for me. I need to be loved. <laughs> the next match was our first of three title matches, the Goddesses of Stardom titles, the champions, Nanai Takashi and you defeating the Donna Del Mundo duo of Himika and Micah in 18 minutes and 54 seconds. Thought this one was really good too. Thought the crowd was really good. I liked the story of Himika sort of hanging on for dear life with the leg, with the injured leg. And I liked the idea of, you know, sort of in the first half of the match, I don't know if half is right, but it was sort of like Micah in the ring trying to give Himika time to recover with the leg and then tagged out, sort of did a hot tag, and Himika came in and the leg was still bothering and it was like, okay, Micah has to get back in here. And, the, you know, Micah kept coming in to make saves. So I really liked the story and I thought everyone did very well. Uh, I thought Nanai looked great. I actually thought you was very good. Um especially considering, you know, the thoughts I've had on her in the past, which is that I think she's mainly fine, but I thought she was pretty good here. There was a lot of good near falls. Uh, totally believed that Himeka and Micah could win. I didn't think they would, but I thought they could. So I did another uh, four and a quarter stars. Damn. Uh, so I liked this match. I think... Himika and Micah may have had their two best, 
performances of their careers so far in this match. And I, it wasn't because of the in-ring, really. I think they were just fantastic with Himika selling the injury and Micah just having to fight through essentially being a one-woman team for bits of the match. And just they were perfect in their roles here. I thought they were incredible. Uh, I didn't think they were going to win here, and I don't think they should have. But I do want them to be the ones to eventually beat uh, Seven Up and win the titles based on this match and kind of just getting people behind them as like, okay, now we're back at 100%. Let's do this again. I think a couple months down the road, they should definitely be the ones to win. Uh, But like, they were so good. They were so, so good here. And again, like, I don't know. I think the in-ring was, it was fine. It was whatever. It was serviceable, but just they carried the story so well and just played their roles perfectly and I, they were by far the stars of the match, I thought, by like by a mile. Like they definitely outshowed uh Takahashi and you by quite a bit. I was this is this is the most impressed I've ever been by either of them. Like I think they were just both tremendous here. So like I, I went three and a half stars on it just because I think that's I don't know, I guess the in ring that's what that earned, but like just their single performances, perfect, incredible. Five-star performances out of Himika and Micah. Yeah, it's one of those interesting things where it is also, I agree, I thought they were very good, but it's sort of like looking into the future of like, well, this is like, this is Himika and Micah sort of where they are. Um, Yeah. You know, and when they started, everyone was like, oh, Micah, she's going to zoom to the top and Himika, they're going to be big stars. And I was like, it doesn't seem that way. You know, they're losing all of these title matches. And, you know, I'm happy to see them get a title shot and have a match that I really enjoyed. But I'm sort of like, oh, bummer. It seems like this is sort of the. This is sort of the spot, and I think if one of them goes, it's going to be Micah, and it's not going to be Mika. Um Yeah, but it, it was—it definitely felt like them in this match making the best of their current situation in the company. Yeah, like I said, I thought it was a great match, so I really enjoyed it. It's just one of those things where, you know, this is going to be, and there's going to be more of them, and there already are sort of more of them. It's as more people come in, you know, these people who sort of got here, you know, Kimika and Micah were a very early addition. And now there's more new people and you never know who's going to pop up. And, you know, Mirai of course is there or probably around that level now. And Azumi and Starlight Kid are still coming up and all of these things. So it's just one of those things. I mean, I felt from the crowd reactions, I think another very interesting thing about the crowds is going to be, you know, all these things where it's like, oh, so-and-so is in the, you know, main event now because they're very popular and everyone loves them. I mean, look, she was wrestling Chihiro Hashimoto, but the crowd was a lot louder to me for this tag title match than it was for Mirai's match. And I have seen people say Mirai is... I, I mean, some of the things people tweet about Mariah are like, are we watching the same, you know, oh my gosh, she is the greatest wrestler that stardom has ever had. And she's going to be the biggest star. And I'm like, I don't. Yeah. Know. I've been seeing that too. And it's like, I, 
I wish I could see what you guys see. <laughs> Look, I think she was good. I think she was good in that match. Um, she's very young. Um, but it's just sometimes, and like listening to this match, it's like there were times in that Hashimoto Mirai match where the crowd was pretty quiet. And they were not yeah. making a lot of noise. And there were times in this tag title match. Now, look, it's a title match. It's a little bit different. They weren't, for some of those near falls, they were getting into it. And they were like, whoa, you know. And so it's like, we are going to see, you know, really where the where some of these chips fall in a way that's different than just hearing people go clap, clap, you know. Hey, I have a thing. You can clap along. Clap, 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 clap. Uh, so, yeah, just thought that was interesting. The semi-main event of this show was for the Wonder of Stardom title match. Saya Kamatani breaking the single defense record against the former holder of the record, Momo Watanabe, in 16 minutes and 38 seconds. I got anti-spoiled. For this result, like how what <laughs> I thought I read online, someone who wrote that Momo had won the match. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's fast. Like, wow, I can't believe it because I had been on this show saying, oh, Momo wants to, not, you know, she's not winning titles. She's not doing this. I thought, oh, that's an interesting story. You know, Momo rising from the ashes to uh, prevent her defense record from being broken. I was like, oh that's sort of interesting. And then I was sort of watching the match going, I'm not getting the feeling that Momo Watanabe is going to win this match. And then she didn't win the match. Um, so it was just sort of a very strange watching experience for me. Look, Saya is Saya at this point, we've talked about her ad nauseum. Uh, I found the double stomp on the table. Uh, very interesting. Bad. bad. Like it wasn't a bad idea. I'm trying to think if it would have looked better had the table broken, which I'm sure it would have. Um, it seems very risky to jump off the top rope with a double stomp because you're just yeah. landing on your feet at high velocity. <laughs> um, but it just ended up being, you know, I, I, I mean, I think everyone knows how we feel. I'm just at the point where I'm like, I'm not all that interested in these Saya matches. I made the I was talking to someone yesterday about this and I made the comparison that reviewing Saya matches to me at this point feels very much like when I stopped reviewing WWE shows because I just say the same thing every time and I can't find ways to make it interesting anymore and I just kind of don't I don't want to do it. I went I went one and a half stars. I don't know. I didn't flat out hate this one, but I didn't think it was any good. I wish Momo had one. That would have been cool. I mean, I'll say this sort of in general for stardom at the sort of at the current moment, but certainly for this, they have done, you know, not really the tag titles, but they do long reigns. And that's really the only thing that they do. You know, 14 defenses is like, crazy yeah that's a lot it's like a lot of defenses you know some people have gotten that before but you know in comp but it's not just that like oh this title is 
the one that people hold on to and they keep for a long time. It's like we just broke the future of stardom defense record. We just now broke the wonder of stardom defense record. The last two world of stardom champions held the belt for like a year each. Yeah. Like these are all very long. And as a person I've said on the podcast before who likes variety, it sort of just gets to the point where it's like the 14th title defense of anyone. Doesn't matter who it would be in this company. It's going to be tough to go out there and be like, I'm coming out here and doing a totally new thing, especially with someone like Momo who it's just sort of like, well, this is just another sort of check mark um, on the record. And I just am looking at this, like looking at the roster being like, what is the, like there doesn't even seem to be someone on the horizon. Like with Shuri, it was like, okay, Shuri is champion. She's been champion for a while, but we all know that Julia is coming. Then Julia wins the five star and it's like, she's coming. She is going to challenge. That's probably going to be the title change. Like I look at this and I'm like, I don't know. Who is it going to be? I have no clue. It just doesn't seem. And I guess there could be a surprise change, but it just hasn't happened. And I'm just sort of like. It would have been Saki Kashima if she hadn't thrown away that title shot. Yeah. Well, Saki Kashima, you know, challenging another long title holder. Yeah. In Starlight Kid. I I will say, I hate to do this to go backwards, but I did really want to talk about this. Which is that after the uh, Goddesses of Stardom title match, Kelly's favorite tag team uh, coming out to challenge for the titles, Natsuka Tora and Ruaka. I, man, that match is going to be rough. And I was like, okay, that's... um... That match is going to not be good. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, fuck. What are you doing? I just always think of Kelly because I know Kelly is such a Ruaka fan. Oh, yeah. Number one. I mean, I, at this point, I do like Ruaka more than Tora. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I just realized I had skipped over that and um, wanted to uh, bring that up for Kelly. In the finish for this match, do you think Momo got her knees up at the end because she thought Saya was going to break her face? Did you notice that? No. Yeah, Momo got her knees up, and like that's why I was I was super surprised when it was a three count because I thought she was supposed to get the knees up and then like do a roll up or something. Mm-hmm. But I think she may have just put her knees up in fear. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame her. I'm like, no, not at all. <laughs> I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to be laying there, you know, waiting for that to happen. No. Uh, and to Saya's credit, she hit it pretty flush. She it was it was one of her better ones. Yeah, maybe she's been practicing. Like we, you know what? Asked. Shit, maybe M- Mina should be the one to beat her. I mean, I guess. Yeah, like you, you fucked up my face. Me and my women are gonna hit you with a like a wrench in the face and oh, beat you. The women, the women will be there. Yep. Um, you know the one woman was pretty decent was pretty good in the uh yeah, Mar- in the rumble thing. Yeah, Mariah May, Kelly. Yeah. Mariah May. Yeah. Where was the other woman? 
I don't know where Zaya is. Um, I don't know. Uh, anyway, the main, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the main event of the show was the World of Stardom title match. Julia in her first defense, defeating Suzu Suzuki in 25 minutes and four seconds. Kelly, I'll let you give your thoughts first. I like this. I liked it a lot. I thought it was very good. Um, it was... This might be one of the most, like, disappointed four and a quarter star ratings I've ever given because I was really hoping for, like, a match of the year candidate out of this. And it was just, it was good. It was a very good match. But it just, it wasn't to what I was hoping it was going to be. I probably built it up too much. I think their five star match was better just because I think that told a better story. And this was more about just going out and having a good match rather than telling that kind of story, I think. Uh, I wish the brawling on the outside had gone out and on, blech, had gone on a little longer, just because I think that's both of their strong suits, and it, what we got was pretty great. So I wish they had done that a little bit longer. Fuck off, Daichi! Stop counting. Uh, but yeah, I, the cro- the closing segment was awesome, and just overall, really good match. And like I said, four and a quarter stars. Uh, I'm almost right in the same with you because I went four and a quarter as a match that I thought was really good, but was like, Oh, that it didn't feel like an increase of, it didn't feel like a movement of the story. It just felt like, Hey, we're going to go out and have a good match. Yeah. And it was like, as though they, it felt like they resolved the story in between matches and like, that's not what I want. (laughs) I thought when they were out there and they were on the ramp, and they were doing that stuff, I was like, okay, here we go. We're going to get really, like, we're going to start going for it. And yeah, they sort of did, like, they had the pile driver on the apron, which I was like, oh, that's interesting. And they had a couple other things, but it never really got to that level of, it, it's also weird, like, this is a weird sort of penalty against suzu that isn't really her fault but it's like i know you're a deathmatch wrestler like you wouldn't even try like you're on the outside of the ring you wouldn't even sort of try to do something wild out there knowing that it could get you a big advantage yeah sort of like you know what i would have what i would have been fine with for this match a draw I would have been perfectly no. fine if this if this was a draw no. and that led to them doing a rematch that's a hardcore match or something. I would have been super okay with that. I think that would have been very good, actually. I disagree with that. And now that you've said that, it is going to monkey paw. Like, the next four defenses of hers are all going to be time limit draws. And I will. Yeah. And I mean specifically this match. No no other matches. Just this one. This is where I would have been fine with a draw. Because I think it would have advanced the story rather than whatever it is that happened. Where I think they're just okay with each other now. And they just went out there and had a match. Um... Well, I'll just say I disagree. <laughs> I mean, look, it was still a really good match. Like it was still a really good like, match. Oh, if only it had, you know, been so much better. But we both went four and a quarter. I mean, it was my third four and a quarter match on the show. Yeah, it's uh, by far my favorite match of the show. 
it just feels to me like, ah, uh, we didn't really resolve it. Like nothing really happened. Like not yeah. ring wise, but sort of like, oh, two people who have this long standing thing and they just sort of had a match. Yeah. Like I, I don't, it felt like all the storytelling happened outside of the ring and that shit bothers me. <laughs> like just, you can tell a good story in the ring. You guys did that last time. You could have done it again. Well, that was the Stardom Supreme Fight Show from February 4th. What else has been going on in Stardom? Well, they've been having the Triangle Derby, the first annual Triangle Derby continuing in the red triangle block. The H&M's team of Mayu Iwatani, Momokogo, and Hanan still in dead last with zero points. Unique glare, Starlight Kid, Ruaka, and Haruka Umisaki tied with the Bari Bari Bombers of Julia Tekla and Mai Sakurai. Cosmic Angels, Tom Nakano, Natsupoi, and Saki up at six points with seven points, the Queen's Quest team of Saya, Utami, and Azumi. And at the top of the red triangle block, currently tied with eight points each, the Neo Stardom Army of Nanai Takahashi, Yu, and Yuna Mizumori, and the Club Venus team of Mina Shirakawa, Mariah May and Zaya Brookside in the blue triangle block down in the bottom with zero points. Team Lollipop, Wakasukiyama, Rina Amakura, and Yuko Sakurai. Why are they the with... Lollipop Guild? Do they know that reference? And in... You know, I don't know, but they should be the Lollipop Guild. I bet they've got the Wizard of Oz over there. But is it called the Lollipop Guild in... Oh, are they called like Lollipop Gumi over there? <laughs> I don't know if they're like called something else in the translation of like Lollipop Boys. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's something um, I don't know, but it's also a very old reference for a team filled with very young people in it. That's that's fair. To be like, ah, of course, what should we name ourselves after? Ah, I know this, the the people. In one scene of <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Uh, tied with four points, classmates Hazuki, Saeeda, and Koguma, and Maihime with C, Maika, Himika, and Lady C. Tied with six points, the gold ship team of Momo Watanabe, Natsukatora, and Saki Kashima, and the rebel and enemy team of Ram Kaicho, Maika Ozaki, and Maya Yukihi. Up at eight points, the prominence trio of Suzu Suzuki, Risa Sara, and Kurumi Hiragi. And in first, in the blue triangle block with nine points, the team of Suri, Mirai, and Ami Sol Ray. So that is everything going on in stardom. What else has been going I on? I Googled in uh, Lollipop Guild in Japanese. <laughs> Any success? And uh, all it did was translate it to... Rory Popo Girudo. All right. Yep. Uh-oh. Thanks, Google. We're going. Uh, Thanks. Thanks, Google. Wizard of Oz Lollipop Guild. <laughs> uh, Japan. The lolly. Well, must include Japan, please. Yeah, because that that screws up everything. Um, it doesn't say. 
Yeah, no, I couldn't find it. No. Well, if you know what the Lollipop Guild was called in the Japanese uh, translation of The Wizard of Oz, let us know. I mean, who knows? It may be the Lollipop Guild, and my answer may be right that young people are not thinking about a 80-year-old movie when naming their very cool team. Yeah. Uh, in Tokyo Joshi, Tokyo Joshi had the semifinals of their Max Heart Tag Tournament, the team of 1 to 1 million, Maki Ito and Miyu Yamashita, defeating Juria Nagano and Moka Miyamoto, and the team of Hyper Masao and Shoko Nakajima, defeating the team of Miyu Watanabe and Rika Tatsumi. They, those two teams will meet in the finals, which we will talk about in a few minutes. Kelly, did you watch these semifinal matches? I did. Uh, I thought the one to one million versus Mocha and Juria was pretty good. Uh, I was, I was disappointed that the Karate Kids didn't pick up the win. I wish they had. I wish the Cinderella story had gone on. Uh, it was very much like domination in the early goings from Miu and uh, Maki, and eventually. They kind of closed the gap, and it became pretty even going. But yeah, uh, overall, I liked it a lot. Uh, I went three and a half on it. And then the Misawa Nakajima versus Miu and Rika, I thought was a pretty solid just like house show main event. It didn't really feel like much of a match. Like, it was a match, obviously, but it was just kind of like, yeah, that was good. That was three and a quarter for me. Yeah, I thought both matches were very solid. I wasn't like over the moon about either of them. It totally makes sense to me that, um, you know, these are the two teams in the finals. Cause as much as it's like, Oh, um, you know, would have loved to see the karate kids in the finals, you know, we're aiming for a big show where, yeah, you know, they're going to be trying to draw people in. So, I mean, these are sort of your four biggest, I'm I'm glad that Watanabe isn't in the finals because that would seem to me to be like a dead giveaway of the winner because she's going to be probably defending her title. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sort of like, that makes sense, but it makes sense to sort of be like, hey, here's the four biggest people that are not in your mind sort of set to be doing something. Um, I would think, and maybe I'm wrong, as I often am with Tokyo Joshi, I would think that they on a big show would give Hyper Masao a, a weird singles match. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think. So I would think it would be like Ido and Yamashita against the Wasteland War Party. That yeah. seems like a good match as well. Um and then Masao could do something and then I, Hell, I don't Masao know. could challenge Miu in a weird match. Yeah, but how would that... Oh, I guess... Yeah, I guess now that they've won... Yeah. Yeah, I guess they could do that. I don't, I don't remember who got the pin on who in that one. I don't either. I'm trying to think. Um... Oh, I remember. No, it was Nakajima pinning uh, Tatsumi. Well, there she, goes your she idea. She won with the... Yeah. <laughs> right in the trash. Uh... <laughs> As the, the place where many of our Tokyo Joshi ideas go. 
Also, the very next day, Tokyo Joshi had a pay-per-view on January 30th. It was their 10th anniversary show, uh, their mini Princess of the Decade tournament, which was won by Rika Tatsumi, who defeated Shoko Nakajima in the finals. I did watch that show. Uh, I would say an interesting show, not one that I would recommend paying $30 for, um, something that could easily, uh, you could wait for it to eventually show up on Wrestle Universe. I know it's up on Wrestle Universe now at a discount, I think down to $25 or so, something like that. Um, you know, just short matches. It's like 23 to five minute matches on the show. Um, there's nothing really mind blowing or crazy about it. Nothing that you'll miss if you don't watch it. But if you've got some time, a fun little show, uh, two other minor Tokyo Joshi things. They had a show uh, just yesterday on February 4th. Kaya Torabami debuting a new finisher, the Birdcage, which is a double chicken wing. Um, so that's interesting. Also, Tokyo Joshi has announced their talent roster for their WrestleMania weekend show, and it is as follows. Yuka Sakazaki, Miyu Yamashita, Shoko Nakajima, Miyu Watanabe, Rika Tatsumi, Maki Ito, Mizuki, Hyper Masao, Yuki Aino, Yuki Kamafuku, Hikari Noah, Raku, now Kakuda, Suzume, and Ariso Endo. So one big name missing from that talent announcement where is palm harajuku oh, you're right what i mean other than that a pretty solid list don't know if i would have brought over yuki aino um yeah swap her for palm and you got a perfect roster there but that's a majority of their sort of regular you know not talking about like um uh, Akai, Arai, uh, Juri Nagano, sort of the smaller, you know, Kaya Torabami, the younger wrestlers. Although maybe, um, you know, WrestleMania is a big weekend. Uh, lots of people fly in, so maybe there will be some planes coming from France with uh, Saki Sama or someone like that who could, who knows, maybe make an appearance. They also say that they will have international talent on the show but it is not clear they have not announced yet who that will be but i'm assuming it may be some people who um have worked with tokyo joshi in the past so you know i wouldn't be surprised to see trisha dora or the wasteland war party or people like that or maybe it will be all new people i don't know um, the but jericho pretty- appreciation society uh, it'll be Ty J versus the Magical Sugar Rabbits in the main event. Um, yeah, fuck it. Let's go. Who knows? Maybe. That, that could um, be good. <laughs> but we will see. But it's a good start to announce, you know, a pretty solid roster of at least the bigger, you know, really not missing any of the big, um, not really missing any of the big stars. Mizuki, Yuka, Miyu, Shoko, Miyu, Rika. Maki. Everyone that you would really want to see is going to be there. Yeah, and then you got peppered in some, you know, Hikari Noah is fun, Raku, Suzume, Ariso Endo. I mean, those are all fun names. 
You have oh, and they all, can do an Up Up Girls. They uh, can. I was about to say you have all three members of the Up Up Girls. Perfect. Uh, so that should be good, and that is coming up. I'm sure we'll hear more about that in the coming weeks as WrestleMania weekend gets closer. What else happening in the world of Joshi in Diana? Ayako Sato retained her title against Sae in Wave Galaxy Punch retained their tag titles against Kakaru Sekiguchi and Riko Kawahata on February 1st. And Kelly, what has been going on in the universe of Choco Pro? We got a little tease of it at the beginning of the show. <laughs> well, first, let's uh, go look at some more of uh, Best Bros Take America. Uh, on the 28th, they wrestled for No Peace Underground, uh, going up in a losing effort in a hardcore tag match against Joey Janela and Jamie Senegal. Uh, this was just a wild match. They brawled all over the arena. May took so well to a walk and brawl. <laughs> like, she was fantastic in this match. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. All the weird stuff she's done in Choco Pro, she's wrestled most of her career not in a ring. So it came very naturally to her. Uh, the teams, like, never they never made it into the ring, actually, now that I think about it. They just fought outside of the ring, and the match ended up on the stage. Uh, at one point, Aki put a hole in a wall, because they did the, uh, the kick off of the wall into, like, the senton that they both do. <laughs> and Aki's foot just went right through the wall. <laughs> Thankfully, he didn't get hurt on that. Uh, just a really super fun match. And if these two don't get booked for GCW, I will be shocked. I will be absolutely shocked. Because they, they are like, you know, Janelle is like the guy there. So I can't see him not putting in a good word after this. Uh, I went three and three quarters on it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then on the 29th, they wrestled for Beyond facing the main event. In a great tag match. You saw this one, Taylor, right? I did. I really liked it. I went four stars. I thought it was very, very good. I went four as well. Uh, the crowd was very into best bros. And yes. I thought that they, I thought both teams looked very good. I thought they had some interesting um, offense stuff, even from the best bros, a team that I've seen a lot of. Uh, they did the move at one point where they sort of threw Aki in the air. And I thought, oh, they botched the move or something and then he turned it into like a spinning ddt and i was like oh this is like really good it really picked up and so i thought i thought it was good uh worth going out of your way to watch that one's on iw tv it's also on youtube oh oh yeah because i found that out after i watched it on iw tv because they did like the first hour on youtube that's exactly right. I, I totally forgot about that because I also watched it on IWTV um, that the first hour of that show, which is I think is called Might Snow with like three eyes. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Um, was on YouTube. I think it's got two or three matches in it. Yeah, they uh, they were the the main event of that first hour, I guess. And yeah, very good. Well worth checking out. And then, uh, then we got a stardom show from last night. We had the not stardom. Sorry, sorry, I got confused. Hold on. Wow. The Gato Move show from last night. Uh, they had the debut of Rob Stardom, Canadian Strong Style himself. Not bad. He was all right. 
But like anyone can get booked for Chaco Pro these days, huh? <laughs> I had never uh heard of this man before. I I had indeed. I thought it was a bit like cuz from the picture, I thought it was that dude that we used to hang out with Ricky Gervais, like the stupid one that they would send to go do things in that documentary series. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so like I think Ricky Gervais and the other guy he did a podcast with, they had another friend who was like kind of a dummy and they would be like, Hey, why don't you go to the climb a mountain? And he'd be like, Oh, right. And then he'd go climb the mountain and then they'd do like a little documentary about him climbing the mountain. I was like, well, what if this is just his wrestling persona and he's going to go. And they're like, Oh, you bro. Hey bro. Why don't you go wrestle a wrestling match? And he's just like, Oh, right. I'll go do that. And then he went and worked for Chaco Pro, but no, it was a Canadian man named Rob Stardom, who uh, he was all right. He he held up his end of things. He was he was fine in the in his role. But yeah, that's uh, why I'm gonna be uh, Dan Tokyo Joji Pro because I think that'll help my chances of getting booked for Chaco Pro. Uh, all right, and on that note, that's everything that's been happening in the last two weeks of Joshi. But what's coming up in the next two weeks of Joshi? Stardom has more Triangle Derby shows, including a show uh, on February 17th where new trainees will be debuting. So that is interesting. Haven't had a new trainee debut in a while on february 16th seedling has a show that is going to be headlined by a beyond the sea title match between arisa nakajima and riko kawahata that should be pretty good also on that show riko kaiju and ayami sasamura will take on itsuki aoki and misa kagura asuka makoda ryo mizunami and hiroya matsumoto will take on amazon mikami rina yamashita and akari may saruga will battle Kakaru, Sekaguchi, and X in a high-speed match, and Miyuki Takase will take on Kreia from Pure J. Also, Oz has a show on February 12th. They will be hosting the Empress of R tournament, subtitled Don't Lick the Hag. Don't lick her. I'm just report- I'm just the reporter here. Don't lick uh, the hag. It is a tournament for wrestlers over 45 years of age. It will be a one-night tournament. Megumi Yabushita, Kyoko Inoue, Akino, Yu Yamagata, Tsubasa Kuragaki, Kazuki, Drake Morimatsu, Jaguar Yakoda, Dump Matsumoto, Kaoru Ito, Tomoko Watanabe, Chikayo Nagashima, Mizuki Endo, Bambi, Cherry, Miss Mongolia, Mayumi Ozaki, and Yumika Hoda will all be participating. All wrestlers. That rocks. I I think I'm going to have to watch this. (laughs) Like, I I like this idea a lot. This is cool. And then probably the biggest show of the next two weeks, Tokyo Joshi has their next Korokin Hall show, which will be headlined by the Max Hart Tournament final match but also featured on that show Moka Miyamoto will take on Ariso Endo Wakana Uihara will take on Himiwari in a match to see who will get their first Tokyo Joshi win first unless it goes to a time limit draw and then the answer will be neither of them 
Yuki Arai will take on Palm Harajuku. Janai Kai will make her debut for the promotion, tagging with Hikari Noah, facing off against Rika Tatsumi and Yuki Aeno. Yuki Kamafuku, Nao Kakuda, and Mahiro Kiryu will take on Raku, Haruna Neko, and Kaya Toribami. A fun semi-final match, Yuka Sakazaki and Mizuki, the magical sugar rabbits, will team up together in advance of their Princess of Princess title match to take on Miyu Watanabe and Suzume. And of course, the Max Heart Tournament Finals, Miyu Yamashita and Makihito 1-2-1 million will take on Shoko Nakajima and Hyper Misao. So not a not a really stacked uh, card, I would say, but definitely some fun. The semifinals should be fun and some fun singles matches um, to open the show there and the Tokyo Joshi debut of Janai Kai. Yeah, no, that's a cool card. The only thing that really kind of stands out is just being like, ah, whatever is that trios match in the middle of the show. Yeah, that feels sort of like the get everyone on the card. Um, yeah, and that I, I would wager that'll probably be lower in the card when it actually happens. I would uh, agree with you. Yeah, like I, I could see that easily being swapped with Yuki Arai versus Palm Harajuku. And the final thing going on in Joshi in the next two weeks, in Wave, the tag champions Galaxy Punch will defend their tag titles against everyone's beloved Joshi wrestler Kikotaro. And Kushinbo Kamen will be challenging for the Wave tag team title. So on the next episode, we'll definitely be talking the... Tokyo Joshi Korokin Hall show and maybe we'll talk a little bit of that seedling show and if we get to it we can talk about the Empress of our tournament that seems like a lot of fun so yeah those will be the big shows for next time but that is everything coming up in the next two weeks of Joshi Kelly I throw it over to you for whatever the hell you want to do right now all right. Uh, let's see. I I haven't been watching any movies lately, but I did watch. Uh, I have been watching Sukeban Deka, which is in mid '80s Japanese TV series about a high school girl that is also a police detective who beats the shit out of people with her metal yo-yo, and it's fucking awesome. You can watch the full first two series on uh, archive.org with subtitles. And that's what I'm doing. Archive.org, a very good resource for a lot of different things. Yeah, archive.org rocks. A lot of wrestling on there if you uh, yeah. if you know where to look. Um, all right. Well, that is, uh, we're back. That's our first Kelly, feels like our first Kelly recommends in quite a long time. Um, yeah, I don't know what we did last time. Well, last time we talked about Jay Briscoe. That's and... right, yep time before i don't know what we did um who's to say it's a it's a mystery until we go back and listen but anyway that is our episode for this time around jumping bomb audio number 74 as we close in on our three year anniversary so kelly anything more you want to say before this episode ends 
Uh, I've decided that I'm no longer going to be using the stage name uh, Dan Tokyo Joshi Pro. Wow. Big news there. <laughs> the short-lived life of Dan Tokyo Joshi Pro. I will not be taking questions at this time. And I think with that, no more questions for now, Kelly. I am Taylor saying see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Hi, I'm Case Lowe, co-host of the Open the Voice Gate podcast. The one question I'm constantly asked when it comes to Dragon Gate is how do I get into the promotion? Well, stop asking and start listening to the Open the Voice Gate podcast released every Wednesday on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. For exclusive news and show reviews, look no further than the leader in Dragon Gate coverage, Open the Voice Gate.